Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, April the 6th, and we are reading from the big book on page 101, Working with Others, the third paragraph, so our rule is not to avoid. Today's readers are the 12 sets, Kathy C., 12 Traditions, Diane B., and readers of the text, Elizabeth C., Craig F., and Russ M. The reference numbers for Sunday, Special Edition, April the 5th, 14377. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy C. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Kathy. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy C. and I am from Montreal, Canada. The 12 steps. I'm a compulsive overeater, sorry, from Montreal, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Made a, step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for having me do service. And I pass. Thank you, Kathy C. And the 12 traditions, Diane B. Please go ahead, Diane. 
Good morning. This is Diane B. from New Rochelle, New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. Let's have a great meeting. Bye. Thank you, Diane B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study at the Big Book. We're on page 101, the third paragraph, so our rule is not to avoid. And Elizabeth D., could you read for us, please? Press star one, Elizabeth. Yes, there you Good are. morning, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. Um, I just want to, um, okay, um, my name's Elizabeth D. Uh, so let me start by reading. So our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking if we have a legitimate reason for being there. That includes bars, nightclubs, dances, receptions, wedding, weddings, even plain ordinary whoopee parties. To a person who has had experience with an alcoholic, this may seem like tempting providence, but it isn't. 
So again, my name is Elizabeth D. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. And first, I want to thank you, Lynn, for doing service this morning. I'm grateful uh, that this meeting is here. I love this paragraph um, so much. Um, it's short. It's sweet. Many people make fun of it. Um, the language seems out of date. Um, I mean, what what the heck is a whoopee party, right? <laughs> um, but the fact is it was written in the language of the 30s. And, you know, just for fun, I Googled whoopee party. And what I came up with was uh, a, there was a short Disney film uh, in 1932, which was award winning. It, it was called The Whoopee Party. And in it, um, Mickey and Minnie and all their friends all get together and have a huge pile of snacks and dance around the snacks and make such a ruckus and have so much fun that the cops come and, and break it up. So it's kind of a whoopee kind of thing, like, wow, uh, let's go wild. Um, but if you look in the dictionary, it means boisterous, convivial fun. And um, I think this is, a, a, you know, underlying this is a very serious matter. You know, I've been taught um, by people who've gone before me and taken me through the steps that it's my job not to judge this language by today's standards, but instead to interpret it, it and and define the meaning and the message that's underlying uh, this. And uh, you know, I, I think that you know the the one of the other things that I think about this paragraph is that it's it shows um, very clearly just how the brilliance of the of the big book and its practicality. Um, we're always getting examples and to make clear the, the points they're trying to make. I mean, even in the very first um, paragraph of this chapter, which is working with others, it says practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Um, so this is practical, practical information for us. Um, and to me, um, it, it's, it's, this chapter has two purposes. Um, first of all, it's, an how to, it's a how-to on step 12, uh, practical suggestions on how to work with others. Um, and, step, and, and, and the second purpose for me is it's a how-to for me, myself. How do I live life according to spiritual principles? Um, and now that I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, how do I live my life in the world? Um, now that I'm on a new basis, what do I do um, in order to, um, to live my life in a way that is both useful and, um, and um, satisfying? Um, um, so, you know, I have to say early in, in my, there have been times I've been in OA for about 30 years, um, and there have been periods, I've had periods of abstinence, and I've had periods of, of, of relapse. Um, and I, and I've, I've had periods of contented abstinence, but I've also had periods where I was in abstinence, eating, a, you know, according to a food plan. and, and Time, please. Um, time? Yeah. Okay, boy, that went fast. Um, the, main, the main thing I want to say that it is legitimate reason for being there is italicized. And so what I need to do is be sure and be honest with myself. And what I've come to is that my higher power is my food sponsor. 
And if I am very clear and solid with my food sponsor about what is a legitimate reason for being at a whoopee party, then I can go there. And that has been my experience, and it's allowed me to live my life fully and, um, and continue in, in, the, in, um, in the fellowship, and I, I'm with that, I will pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of last week, please step back and let others share their experience. And please say your name just once as that helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Katie F. Lydia T. Courtney M. Elise N. I'll tell you who I've got so far. Katie F. Lydia T. Courtney M. Elise N. Was there anybody else you'd like to share? Laura M. Anyone else? Laura M. I got you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. There's nobody else. Then let's start. Our lineup is Katie F., Lydia T., Courtney M., Elise N., and Laura M. Please go ahead, Katie. Good morning, this is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And so I love this paragraph because um, it's the part where it says, if we have a legitimate reason for being there. And for me, um, we identify our foods and food behaviors and eating out was a trigger for me. It was an excuse for me to throw out my food plan. That's what I did for six years my first six years in OA is I, um, that was where my abstinence would um, initially fall apart. So for me in the beginning, for the first couple years of uh, recovery, of being in a recovered state, I had to be very careful about what I was doing when going to restaurants. I still am very careful about what I'm doing. And I, you know, I did some things um, where I thought, you know, well, this is no big deal. I don't even need to eat here. Um, but it was just a whoopee party, <laughs> as um, I'm glad the, the person explained, explained what that means. And it, it was not for me anymore. You know, I didn't have a legitimate reason to be there. It was just all about the food or all about drinking or even drugs. And I was like, what the heck? Why am I here? So I have learned I've I've learned to really discern where I want to be, where I want to spend my time. And if I have a legitimate reason for being somewhere, I can go anywhere on this planet and the food does not jump off the plate and down my gullet if it's not my food. And that is what I never even thought that I would have is neutrality with food. I did not 
even think that was on the table as a possibility. I had had um, no neutrality with food since I was a young child. And so I just thought that that was part of my DNA. And that is the way I would always be that I would be preoccupied with food, dieting and weight. And today I can, I can make food, I can have food in my house, you know, as, as is the case for so many people, I'm working from home and, you know, I have a ton of food in my house and I live in the middle of the country um, or, you know, out in a rural area and no one would know if I was eating everything in sight. Um, I could hide it and everything else. But the beauty is that I don't, I don't have any interest in doing that today. And so if I have a legitimate reason to go to um, a big event with lots of food, I can go. And I'm just very grateful for the neutrality that comes. And, and as was mentioned, this is after the 12 steps. And so this isn't saying that um, a newcomer should do this, but if that's where we have to go to meet the newcomer, then we can go. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie F. Lydia T., it's your turn, followed by Courtney M. Please go ahead, Lydia. Hi, this is Lydia T. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. My name is Lydia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Marquette, Michigan. Um, by the grace of God today, I am abstinent and I am healthy. Um, what, what really stood out to me in this paragraph was if we have a legitimate reason. And, you know, there have been times, I have about a year and a half or more of entire abstinence, and there have been times that I have a legitimate reason to go to a restaurant, to go to um, a party uh, at work. There's a lot of food whoopee parties all the time. And I have a legitimate, legitimate reason to be there because I'm at work. But what I do to ensure myself, number one, is by working steps 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis to ensure that I am spiritually fit that I can handle situations like these. I can recognize the people that are in the same kind of pain that I used to be and perhaps offer them some hope and some help. Um, what else I can do is I can plan. Um, I have a food plan that I don't really vary from very often. Um, I eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and nothing in between. So if one of these happens to fall outside of my mealtime, great. I'm, I'm good. If it happens to coincide with a mealtime, if I have to be at a restaurant, I call ahead and I see what's available on the menu. And I decide before I even go what I'm going to eat. That, I feel, is using good sense along with being spiritually fit. Um, I do like to see others enjoy their food. My husband and son are not compulsive overeaters. And I made them chocolate chip cookies the other day, and they were so thankful. And guess what? There's still a lot of chocolate chip cookies. This was maybe three or four days ago. I made them in a Tupperware container. Had I been compulsively overeating, that would have been gone the first night. Well, there would never have been that many cookies because I would have eaten a dough. Um, so those kind of things I'm comfortable with doing now because I am safe and I am protected by my higher power only because 
I have gone through all the steps and I continue to work in step 10, 11, and 12 every single day. Sometimes recently with all the stress, I've been working these steps a lot more rigorously. Um, and, you know, and I started thinking when the person was reading about legitimate reasons, you know, that can apply to going out of our homes right now. Unless we have legitimate reasons, just stay home. Same, same concept applies. I'm a nurse and I have to go to work. Um, I'm grateful that it hasn't hit where I am quite yet. And I'm taking the time that they're giving me time off to rest and become very healthy. So in, when it's time for me to do God's will, which will be helping others, I'll be ready. And that's all I have today. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia T. Courtney M., it's your turn, followed by Elise N. Please go ahead, Courtney. Good morning. This is Courtney M. in Southwest Florida. I'm going to forgive, uh, or I'm going to beg your forgiveness as I start because there may be a lot of more noise in the background. My four-year-old is playing with the dog loudly. Um, yeah, I, I, I am reminded of the, um, the point that I've heard made by multiple big book historians about when they decided to put something in a pallet, it was really, really important because it cost extra money to put things in italics. And they were on a shoestring when they were publishing this book. So that italicized version in the, in the paragraph of if you have a legitimate reason to be there, I think that is, I'm going to step out a second. I think that is, um, really, really a big nod to recovery when you can start to discern between a legitimate reason and not. And, um, you know, I had a, a situation yesterday where I went out, I had to pick something up. I was um, actually making homemade face masks for us um, because uh, every now and then I do have to go, you know, get groceries or whatever. And I wanted to be courteous and, and wear a mask in public. So I'm filling my own. I had to stop at the fabric store. And on the way back from the fabric store, I uh, I had the thought, oh, I should stop in here and pick up this and that. And then I remembered, I, I really don't have, a, like that can be, go by the wayside, whatever it was that I was going to pick up, extra coffee or whatever. It's, we're okay right now. I don't have to get that. I don't need to stop. I don't have a legitimate reason for being there. We still have coffee. And me going into that situation right now is not good for me or for my family. So I need to just let it go. And uh, it, that's such a huge part, I think, of this program is learning when to let go. And most of the time, that is the answer for me, I'm finding. Because when I hang on with my kung fu grip, I do some serious damage. So learning when to let go of, of those occasions or whatever that I don't necessarily have to be a part of is a big part of me realizing that's just not for me. It's okay. Somebody else can enjoy it. I don't have to poo-poo them for enjoying it. And um, I can, you know, stay on my side of the playground. And uh, that's, that's it for me this morning. Thanks, guys. Be, help, be healthy today. Thank you, Courtney M. And Elise N., it's your turn, followed by Laura M. Please go ahead, Elise. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, so being at legitimate places, well, my house is legitimate, and um, 
there's a lot of food that comes into this house um, for my children, um, one of whom might maybe compulsive eater, and but I choose not to say anything. Um, not a, a child; it's an adult, um, and because um, I know I wasn't ready till I was ready, um, and but I was going to talk about also going to legitimate places. <clears throat> I go to. Now I wouldn't, but um, used to be we had weddings, a lot of weddings in my community, and go to these large weddings, and they start eating just the, the, the soup and the appetizers at one time, like at six, and you don't they're not serving the entree till like nine o'clock. It's certainly not a way that I would eat, um, and you don't know what's there's you know don't know what's in the food. Um, and afterwards, I could sometimes look and say, oh, I could have eaten that. But the bottom line is they have, <clears throat> you know, a tenth of the vegetable or an eighth of the vegetable I would have eaten. And so usually what I would do is I would eat before. And I would go to the I go to the wedding because it's a place that I needed to be. And um, so I'll just share with you one time. So what happened was I saw a woman there who I've often thought about setting up with a guy, you know, on a date, she's in her, probably in her early 40s, and um, very, very lovely person that I've known for many, many years, and I know she had been in program for a short time, and I saw she was probably, she was much heavier than what she was before, just like I've been, uh, back and forth, you know, at retread, and I went over and sat next to her and started to talk to her about about my program. Because I knew she was, I knew she was open to program. It wasn't like I had to question it. And she said, "You know, I was in program for a short time before, and we we just spoke. I wasn't really preachy. I don't know. I just am not that able to be preachy. I just talked about myself and and about how I wasn't able to eat at the wedding, and I was so glad to see her and whatever. And a few days later, I got a call from her, and I was surprised. This is a person that isolates when she's in pain. She said, I just wanted to let you know that I, you know, I hit hit bottom and, you know, I thought about what you said and you had given me a list in the past of, um, I had written up a list of for people. I was so, I wrote up a list of people for her that I felt had strong, strong recovery. And I said, you can call any one of these people, you know, they're all, they'll all be there for you. And um, she said, just when I hit my lowest point, you know, I just found that list that you wrote for me, just happened to find it, you know. She called somebody on there and got a sponsor, you know. And that was, for me, that was such a joy, such a gift. Um, you know, I don't know where she is with it now, but and a lot of people have told me that. I've reached out to them. A lot of people have told me that. So it was a legitimate place for me to be, but it's not legitimate for me to be eating in a way that I'm not supposed to be eating. Um, and that was okay. and that's okay for today. I'm okay with that. So I'm okay to be different. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know what's up with me. I've been sick the whole week. I do think it might have been the virus because it might be a mild case of it, just dizzy and achy and sleepy. And now I have an ear, what seems like an ear infection. And when I was reading about it, it says it could trigger an ear infection. So, uh, but time, please. 
Thank you very much. Everybody have a wonderful day and stay well and healthy. Bye. Thank you, Elise M. Laura M., please go ahead. Thank you, Lynn, and all of Team Monday for your service. This is Laura M. in Springfield, Missouri. Um, This paragraph really speaks to me about neutrality and um, being aware of where I'm at in that place of neutrality. Um, this, this whole idea of, um, you know, being at a place where the food is out of my control. I remember, um, so this has been almost two years ago, this was the, the subject of the very first um, call that I made in, or, you know, question that I put into this call or outreach call because I was preparing to go to a wedding and I was, I was not at that place of neutrality. I had a legitimate reason for going to this family event, but I knew that I wasn't in that place. And so this, in that instance, this paragraph um, gave me direction at that stage of my walk to reach out to others and to ask for guidance and suggestions and support. And it was the beginning of building a network of people that I could call on in a tough situation. And, and now, it's, from where I'm at now, um, I can look at this paragraph as a little bit of a, like a measuring gauge of, you know, with neutrality, I can go to pretty much anywhere. Um, and my neutrality, my recovery puts me in a mental and spiritual condition to be in those places and not be affected by the food and, um, you know, the, the old habits that would have uh, encouraged me to act in a certain way and that I can just enjoy the event. So that's, that's really what this paragraph was talking to me is about, um, you know, our rule is not to avoid a place. Um, you know, our rule is really to to work our program and let that program change us over time and and to be aware and to build a network and to be in in all the ways of program every day. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura M. So just a reminder of where we are. We are on page 101, working with others. On the third paragraph, so our rule is not to avoid a place. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday last week, please step back and let others share their experience. And please, if you could say your name just once, it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Pennsylvania. Thanks. I don't need where you're coming from. Thank you very much. Let me tell you who I've heard. Sharon B. Anna K. That's all I got. Who else would like to share? Angela. Christina J. Karen M. Loretta H. Okay, that's great. Thank you. I have my lineup. 
Let me tell you who I did hear. Sharon D., Anna K., Angela, Christina J., Karen M., and Loretta H. Sharon D., could you start us off, please? Hi, Jack. My name is Sharon D. I'm from New York, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. So grateful to be here. Thank you so much, everyone. Sharon B., we've lost you. Sharon B., star one, please. Can you hear me now? Yep, you're back. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know where you lost me, but um, how I'm relating to this chapter, to this paragraph, is very deep and profound. Um, maybe it's because of the... Um, the uh what do we call it the quarantine but the quarantine has enabled me to see um that i have to take every single place that exists outside of these four walls as a place where i don't belong unless I specifically need to get something there. So, for example, when I made the excuses of going into a a bakery and getting a cup of coffee, how many of us have actually done that? And um, did that a few weeks ago, you know? When I came back home from Florida, March 16th, a miracle happened there where my abstinence didn't just transform, it existed. Um, So I have sponsees, I have a sponsor, and I get to know that even when I'm reaching out to support another sick and suffering person, I can't go there. If there's an outside chance, a possibility that it's dangerous for me, I can chat on the phone. I can bring them to a meet, a person to a meeting. And I wish I can say one or two more words, but my voice is going now, so I have to pass now. Thank you again, everyone, for your service. And I pass. Can someone tell me what the code is to mute? Star one, please. Thank you, Sharon D. Anna Kay, it's your turn, followed by Angela D. Please go ahead, Anna. Good morning, moderator. Can you hear me? Thank you. Oh, great. Thanks. Um, thank you for uh, moderating. I appreciate that. It's Anna Kay from Poconos in Pennsylvania. Um, I have to say, today is my fourth 
year anniversary in this vision and this recovery, how grateful I am. And um, I rarely share, but hey, why not today? So I have a legitimate reason for being here. Sure. It's my brain. My brain sometimes is my own whoopee party. My brain is (laughs) the place. Boy, I I used to have my own whoopee parties. Um, because I wasn't safe anywhere. Thankfully for now, I, I am. I guess I'm once in a blue moon. <clears throat> I'll look at something and go, oh, you know, there's like, uh, what is that? What is that strange feeling? Oh, a tug? Oh, ah, nah. No, no, not for me. So that's, you know, but most often I don't even get that. And sometimes I'll look. Like the speaker said before, having a cup of coffee and a and a going into some place I shouldn't go to get it. That's rare, but a supermarket, you know, hello. There are lovely supermarkets that you can get coffee in, and they have a little cafe. And if I want a cup, point I'm saying is, I can walk in any of these places now because it's life. I can walk through life because life was enough for me. Driving home from work, anything could lure me in because the world was uh, a place that I couldn't be safe in. That is no longer because being with myself was the most unsafe place ever. <laughs> and uh, whatever neutrality means to people, for me, that's what it is. Sure, once in a while, I'll have a dream, you know. Is that, I'm, I'm done, did you say? Oh, all right. No, nope, keep going. Oh, okay. I'm sure I will, you know, sometimes I have these food dreams. Once in a blue moon and I wake up in a hot sweat. And did I do that? Did I eat that? Did that, that come past my lips? Really freaked me out a bit. And I love those reminders. Scares the poo-poo out of me because I don't want to go in those places. Because I'm 64 now and most of my life is in the food. Yeah, I was thin at times. Yeah, I, I was abstinent, not recovered at times. There is no guarantee. So that will be parties in my head. Oh, could be anyway. Today, I can walk smoothly. For the most part, it's, it's lovely. And if not, I use the tools. I use the program. I call, I'll do whatever I got to do for today. And um, thank my high power for my fourth year anniversary. And everybody's okay. Wishing the best for everyone. And sending love and peace. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Anna Kay. Angela D., it's your turn, followed by Christina J. Please go ahead, Angela. Hello. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes? Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, Legitimate. There's, yes, legitimate, yes. We still have to live. We still have to live in the world. We still have to go to weddings. Now, I don't go to restaurants for no reason. But I go to weddings. I go to uh, baby showers. I go to bridal showers. But before I go, I make sure it's okay with my sponsor. It's okay with God. Because he doesn't tempt me to eat. So God is my big preference here. The power greater than myself. There are times I've had to turn down certain things because he didn't lead me to go and neither did my sponsor. 
okay? But we're supposed to go out there and give the message. Now, at these certain places that we go, people are there are eating, right? And they'll say, well, boy, what happened to you? Ba, ba, ba. We're out there to give it away. We're not supposed to stay away from these places. And I agree with what you said. The whoopee party is in my head. So I got to make sure that my head is clear before I go to these places. So again, God don't tempt me to do the wrong things for my body and for other people. And I'll pass. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Angela D. Christina J., it's your turn, followed by Karen M. Please go ahead, Christina. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Um, yeah, you know, I I feel like, as I've heard, that I was born with a nervous disposition. Irritable, restless, and discontent was just something I inherited from somewhere. Whether it, I came in with it <clears throat> out of the womb, excuse me, or whether I, um, my early family life uh, festered it, which is very possible, but um, I'm not here to blame that. What I did was pick up the food to help me. So <clears throat> I, these places made me uncomfortable when I was in my disease. Horrible. I was miserable at these places. I would always be on a diet or something and be going to these events, weddings or gatherings or, uh, you know, food gatherings at buffets. And I was just miserable because all I wanted to do was get as much as I could and just load up. And I was, my disease was totally in isolation all the time. I never overate in front of anyone. It was horrible. It was shameful. So, but, you know, this, this program has brought me to a place where I'm neutral at events, <clears throat> I'm still not neutral with myself at times because I have this disease and if I don't stay close to my higher power, if I don't pretty much pray all day, be aware of the voices in my head of the irritable, restless, and discontent coming up, I am uh, I, I can get weak. The disease can take over and I can be having myself a whoopee party. I loved the first description, the first reader when she described the whoopee party thing. That was me dancing around food, uh, celebrating, but by myself. And life was so uncomfortable for so long, and I didn't know why. And I'd find myself in parking lots, outside stores with bags and boxes and all this, what I thought was beautiful food, and I was involved in a huge whoopee party by myself, and there was this huge anticipation of this great food that I was going to eat, and I was just nervous and anxious and stuffing it in like crazy. You know... I didn't have to go to events to have this happen. Now I go to events, and I don't really have a problem because as you progress in this, as I progressed, these events became, um, these events are places where I, you know, I I recoil as if from a hot flame. That's not my food. That will set off the addiction. Uh, And I never had the opportunity to, say to a sponsor, hey, I'm going to a, a wedding because I, I just didn't go to weddings. I, I, re- I just stayed away from all these things. I stayed away from candy aisles. I, I was not strong enough to do all that. But as program has brought me along, uh, one thing that has become excruciatingly important in this last recovery I've been involved in is that I stay close to God. I pray. I've got to take that. I don't, like someone shared the other day, you get up, you do your Time, prayer. Time, please. Thank you. And then you say, okay, I'm off for the day. 
I'm back into my own control. Nope, 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 nope. God's got to go with me all day long to help me avoid my head. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Karen M., it's your turn, followed by Loretta H. Please go ahead, Karen. Good morning. This is Karen M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Southern California. And, um, yes, thank you to the moderator and everybody else doing service today. Um, I was uh, struck by, you know, this legitimate reasons, again, um, you know, before I worked the steps, I my reasoning was all um, was all self-centered. It was all I could come up with all kinds of legitimate reasons on my own. Um, but um, and still, if I'm in fear or resentment, um, and in anything that's that self that's blocking that connection with God, that that is where. Um, my reasoning is affected and um, I can't see the truth or the false. And so that is where I need to really, you know, be paying attention when I'm doing my 10 steps and, and 11 and 12 and, and looking at all that. Um, and I just was struck, just brought back to like sanity and, you know, um, looking at page 30, I just wanted to read um, what, 29 and 30, what came into my mind was um, that very night years ago, it disappeared, um, save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink, even if he would. God had restored his sanity. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. Uh, even God, even so, God restored us all to our right minds. And um, that's, you know, that's what I count on, that God has restored me to my right mind. And when I'm not in my right mind, then I do need to rely on the steps to get in that right mind um, so that... I can be in this world, not only legitimate reasons to be places where there are food, which there's lots of food at my house and all kinds of food at my house with my kids and my husband and everything, but just legitimate reasons to open my mouth even. (laughs) So uh, thank you all for being here. I'll pass. Thank you, Karen M. Loretta H., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, Lynn, and everybody who's on this healthy meeting this morning. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, graced with God's abstinence for today. And it talks about the tempting providence at the end. And I looked up providence, and that is under the care of God. So you can go anywhere if you are under... why I share this is when I first came into the rooms, which was 19 years ago, I um, traveled a lot and um, I lived basically in a capsule for six hours with all kinds of stuff that you could possibly think of that was very tempting. And because of God's grace, and that's why I give my abstinence God's grace, and for me it's spiritual. I could not have done that without his 
hand in it. I had a food plan. I, my first sponsor was a dietitian. In fact, she took me because I did travel. Three weeks into my absence, we went out to dinner because she wanted to show me how to eat because I did not know how to eat. And with God's grace, you know, I have 19 years uh, with the food. Of course, the other part of my life, the unmanageability, is still there, and especially under these conditions. But I honestly believe, because I had a spiritual experience, because, I, yes, I was uncomfortable at times, but God protected me every time I went in that capsule, every time I was in an uncomfortable, and I had not done all my steps as yet. I have now done another 12th step, or I'm on 12, step 12, and it's about getting, and especially in this, time of um, uncertainty, I want to have authentic serenity. And that is why, hopefully I won't go back to the food, but I may, if I didn't have this, this, this program, I may murder somebody in this time, especially my poor husband. So because of this program, because of working the steps, I have a spiritual awakening day, but I did have a spiritual experience, kind of like Bill and Bob. I did just didn't drink, and it's been a miracle, and it's only because of the providence of my higher power that it's helped. So anyway, everybody stay safe. Thank you, everybody, for being on this line, and God will protect us. God guides and God provides. Have a wonderful, beautiful day, and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. All right, just a reminder, we're on page 101, the third paragraph, so our rule is not to avoid. Uh, I have time for two more shares, I believe, and please, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience as well. And I did hear P.E. from the last round, so I have a spot for one more person, please. Susan A. Perfect. Okay, I've got my lineup. Thank you, P.C. and Susan A. Please go ahead, Pete. Thank you, moderator. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Terrific. Pete B, Compulsive Overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And thanks for taking the meeting. Did such a great job. You know, all of the all of the service providers do such a great job. This is I, I know it's very very challenging. And you know, it, it's it, it always strikes me as interesting, right? You know, you, you mentioned in the format to share your experience, right? This is we're we're on a big book study, right? And the big book study, the, particularly the chapter we're on has nothing to do with my experience. It's about instructions that I'm supposed to read that tell me how to handle transferring this information to somebody that doesn't have this information, right? And, what, and, and this is yet another time in this chapter where it's trying to explain we have to resist the temptation to create an environment of interdependence. That, this, that my recovery, my getting to a recovered state has anything to do with another individual, has anything to do with another circumstance or anything to do with another environment, right? It's telling us, 
It's telling us to instruct the individual to be independent by depending 100% on the power that's going to get them and keep them recovered, right? This, this isn't my opportunity to share about the whoopee parties I go to. It's my opportunity to share about how I'm going to explain to the newcomer that they have got to become reliant upon this power, not reliant upon what we're, we're – all we're doing right here is a fellowship, right? Nobody's going nobody's to trace my number and stop me from taking, a, you know, from taking that first fatal bite, right? My defense must come from the power. My defense must come from a God of my understanding if I have the condition as defined in this book, right? I have to understand I have this fatal progressive illness that only gets worse, never better. Now, if you don't have that condition, then it doesn't apply. I guess you can share your, you know, you know how you went to a whoopee party last week or a wedding or a church or whatever the hell it is, right? But this is serious business. I, you know, I don't understand – Everything seems to be working pretty well, right, in a vision for you. I don't, I don't know of another group that has more members. I really don't, right? But this is, about, this is about sharing information that's in this book. And the information clearly in this book is that its main objective is to allow us to find a power that will solve our problem, not to become more and more dependent and coexist Right. With my, you know, I just have to make sure it's okay with my sponsor. I just have to make sure it's okay with the fellowship. I just have to connect with somebody in the fellowship. No, it talks about the independence, complete and total independence by becoming completely and totally dependent on the God of my understanding. That's where, that's where the peace of mind comes from. That's what gives me, that's what gives me the capability of going anywhere I want, whenever I want with whoever I want. Right? As long as I stay in fit spiritual condition. And I do that by carrying this message, the message that's in this literature. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. And Susan A., you'll be our last share this morning. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Susan A. from Pennsylvania. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm glad to be on the line. Um, this reading reminded me of the Al-Anon principle that we should not change the way we respond to the alcoholic to avoid negative consequences <clears throat> if we live with an alco- uh, active alcoholic or not, or if they're a friend or family. And um, it, it's, it's like this reading is saying if we're in fit spiritual condition, we will be neutral to where uh, to to going out to eat or going to an eating establishment, and we don't have to avoid or alter our response to special occasions with family and friends. And um, in my situation, <clears throat> excuse me, my addiction was manifest most often in my home. Um, I was uh, one of my red light food behaviors was sneaking food, so I got really good at it, and I didn't have to wait till my family left. I could sneak food right in front of their faces, and no one would be be the wiser. Yesterday, I had an OA meeting from six thirty to seven thirty, 
So I ate at my abstinent meal at 6 p.m., and my husband and son ate later and ordered out. And I ended up having my tea with them while they ate pizza, french fries, and another breaded, I, I don't know whether it was chicken. And um, I was able to converse with them and enjoy their company and not be triggered due to the recovery that my higher power has afforded me. And um, so... and Time, sauce, please. Oh, okay. Really quickly, the sauce that they ate um, would normally have it lingered in the house and, and odors used to trigger me in my home. Anyway, I've used up my time and I'm happy to pass at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Susan A. Thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to our Marvelous Monday team. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, excuse me, Monday, April the 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14381. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.